0: This is Women of Grace Live, discussing issues important to your life and faith, spiritual insight, practical wisdom. Join us as we transform the world one woman at a time. Women of Grace, for such a time as this. Now, here's your host. Johnette Williams.
1: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Will- Williams, very happy to be with you today. <laughs> what a pleasure it is to spend this time with you Monday through Friday as we discuss issues of importance to your life and your faith. Always eager to hear from you. Let me give you that toll-free number that you can use if you're in North America. It's 833-288-EWTN. That's 833 833-288- 288 3986 that's the number to use and we want to hear from you as quickly as you can put your fingers to that phone and punch in those numbers 833 288 EW We have Matthew Gabensky answering the phones today, and he will get you up on the board, and we'll be able to have that holy conversation together right via these airwaves. We're available for you, too, out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. I'm encouraging you to use the chat feature, put in your question or comment, insight, inspiration, or word of encouragement, and uh, we'll get it retrieved for you. Michael McCall is going to do that retrieving. He'll put it up on the board. We'll be able to address it. Now, if you're a first-time, caller or a first-time submitter, I like to know because I've got a bell. As a matter of fact, I have three bells sitting here. I'm going to ring this one for you, and this is the little welcome bell to welcome you for your debut right here on Women of Grace Live. As I say, we love to have that holy conversation with you as we continue to make our pilgrim journey to life on high in Christ Jesus. How are we going to do it? We're going to do it one step at a time, which leads to one day at a time which leads to one month at a time, which leads to one year at a time. And eventually, praise be to God through his grace and mercy and our cooperation with both, we will achieve that heavenly reward that God desires we achieve. He certainly does. You know, I'm often asked, you know, do you think God wants everybody to be saved? Well, absolutely he wants everybody to be saved. That's why he sent his son into the world. That everyone who believes in him might not perish, but have everlasting life, right? So if you believe in Jesus Christ as as the reality of who he is, the second person of the blessed Trinity dressed in the flesh of man, come into the world to offer himself for our sake, well, then, you know, you're in good shape. But there's more than just saying that. There's more just than just saying, yeah, I believe in all that. We have to live according to that reality. And that's where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? And sometimes it's not such an easy thing to do, uh, to live that abundant life in our Lord Jesus Christ and to share that abundant life with others. Um, We can get ourselves all wound in knots. You know, G.K. Chesterton has a great quote. I'm going to share it with you. He said it. It wasn't a quote when he said it. He was just saying it. It's a quote for us, though. He says, to have a right to do a thing is not at all the same as to be right in doing it. Let me read that again to you. To have a right to do a thing is not at all the same as to be right in doing it. And we can get that all very confused in our minds today because we so often think that if something is legal, then that means that it's acceptable. That means that it's doable. That means that, yeah, it's morally all right. Not necessarily so. And that is what this uh, beautiful uh, quote from G.K. Chesterton reminds us of. To have a right to do a thing is not at all the same as to be right in doing it. You and I, we're called by God to live according to the right thing to do. The right thing to do. Not necessarily the legal thing to do or the thing that we can do, but rather the thing that is right in doing. And that has to be informed. Uh, you know, our capacity to make a decision for that which is right, to know which is right. Uh, that means that we have to be formed according to the mind and heart of God. And we accomplish that by way of sacred scripture and the teaching of the church. So uh, we got to get with the program. I have to get with the program. You have to get with the program. We all have to get with the program today. Well, give us a call here, 833 ewtn That's one way we can get going with the program, right? In, in two senses of the word, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833 288 3986. Do want to remind you about this evening. Here's something that we can do for ourselves to help get our minds uh, going in the right direction. We've got a beautiful webinar coming up tonight with Father Chris Alar, and uh, I've been telling you about it. Uh, The theme is dive into the divine mercy image, a deep exploration. Uh, It's going to be a beautiful opportunity for us to understand more about the abundant mercy of God uh, as he revealed himself to St. Faustina uh, at the the early part of the last century, like in the 1930s, right? Uh, He came to Faustina, he began to share with her about his abundant mercy. Uh, and in sharing about his abundant mercy, I think that the whole purpose was to make us aware of the fact that his merciful heart is always available to us. But not only did he communicate these messages to her, but he revealed himself to her. And he revealed himself to her in this most majestic image of the divine mercy, with his heart exposed and gushing forth from it streams of red and streams of white, uh, depictive of the sacraments, depictive of his most precious blood coming our way for our mercy. But that is one of the most uh, iconic um, uh, images, you know, in terms of of uh, that beautiful divine mercy of God, the exposed heart of our Lord Jesus Christ and in this particular image, uh, you know, a very uh, uh, specific way in which that is denotated. But as we're going to find out tonight with Father Chris, uh, there's all kinds of spiritual gems uh, that are hidden in this image, everything about the image has a significance and speaks a word to us, um, a, a theological truth to us. Something about the, the the remarkable nature of God and how it is that He wants to communicate Himself to us. So I certainly hope that you're going to be joining us this evening. It's not too late to join. I mean, this is an online event, so many hundreds of you can join us, and so we invite you to do so. Get out to our website, womenofgrace.com. I don't know what you typically do on a on a Tuesday evening, but I can tell you one thing, this is a great way to spend this Tuesday evening. Uh, So do plan to be with us. It begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. You can do the uh, time zone adjusting uh, for where you are located. It begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, and it goes until 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, two hours, uh, opportunity to uh, ask questions and uh, to uh, you know, open yourself more and more to this amazing gift that God wants you to know. Uh, I'm planning on being there. We have a house guest. Father Edmund Sylvia has been with us. Uh, many of you might remember Father Ed. We used to do radio together and television together uh, many years ago. Father's going to be with us and uh, uh, he, Jack, and I will be uh, actively engaged in this uh, webinar and uh, opening ourselves up to all that God wants to do in us and through us as a result of it. So please join us this evening. You can do that right at our website Women of uh, Click on the event. It's listed for you on the homepage. It'll take you to a landing page. You'll see a big purple button that says click here to register. Please do register and plan on joining us this evening. Also, want to make you aware of the fact that our book study begins on March the 4th. All of the information for that is available for you at our website as well. And then we have our Lenten Morning of Grace that's taking place in Harrisburg, PA, for all of the beautiful daughters of the Most High God that live there. Uh, all of the Information available for you at the website, plus ever so many other lovely things that are going to be going on. We have another book study starting after this one's over, and that one is going to be, oh my goodness, on this. Oh, it's a beautiful book, uh, Icon of Trust. It's it's beautiful. Sign up for all of them. I'll tell you, uh, we need the spiritual food today uh, to carry us through the the challenges. Uh, and the confrontations that we are sure to experience as we move forward in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So all of that there for you at our website, womenofgrace.com. But I want to let you know, I am here for you today. Yes, I am. Do want to hear from you. Uh, Don't delay. Call right away. I want to hear from you today. So does Matthew Gabensky. He'll take your call. 833-288-EWTN. What is on your mind today? What do you think of that G.K. Chesterton quote? Coming right back. Stay with us.
0: The Women of Grace phone lines are open, 1-833-288-EWTN,
1: 1-833-288-3986. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Williams, happy to be with you today, eager to hear from you. We have a number for you, toll free if you're in North America, 833-288-EWTN, that's 833 288 In addition, we also are available for you out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Simply use the chat feature, put in your question, comment, insight, inspiration, or word of encouragement. And we'll get it up on the board and I'll address it. Uh, We have Sarah with us. We're going to go to Sarah in a little bit here. Uh, Why not join her? The phone lines are open, 833 288 3986. I also want to encourage you uh, to get out to the EWTN.com website. There's a very special feature there that uh, is a a memorial, a tribute to Mother Angelica. Uh, You'll learn all kinds of wonderful things about her and you can celebrate her remarkable life there. It's Filled with all kinds of photos and milestones and stories that will tug at your heart. Uh, you know, all kinds of uh, uh, inclusions there that highlight her wit and her words of wisdom. Uh, you know, all of these have inspired so many people through so very many years. So the way that you access it is to go to EWTN.com slash Mother Angelica and it'll all open up for you. Uh, You know, yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, Father Ed Sylvia, who I mentioned to you is visiting us uh, this week. He and I made a trip up to Hansville uh, to the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament and just a beautiful opportunity to spend time before the glorious presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, who is exposed there in in that beautiful, remarkable monstrance, uh, to uh, also, you know, walk the grounds, go to the gift shop. I, I went to the gift shop and uh, so many delightful reminders of Mother that are there through the books, of course, that have been published by EWTN Publishing that gathers together uh, a lot of what Mother has shared in her many books and through television as well. And uh, it reminded me, uh, you know, I said, I went to the Crypt Church there and uh, spent time uh, before uh, the the um, a, where Mother Angelica is interred, uh, and uh, had an opportunity to it, just go through my mind about the impact that she's had on my life. Uh, to read there, uh, her favorite scripture passage. Now. She is there in the Jerusalem Bible uh, translation. I know it by heart from the New American Bible translation, uh, an early version of the New American Bible translation. But it's in 1 Corinthians, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And the New American Bible, not the Jerusalem Bible, but says, all of us gazing on the Lord's glory with unveiled faces are being transformed from glory to glory into his very image by the Lord. Who is the Spirit? Uh, that was Mother's very favorite uh, scripture passage, and that's why it is there on the facing of her crypt. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if you have a, a favorite scripture passage or not, but it, it's, it's a good idea to have one. Uh, it, usually, it's it's one of those passages that speaks uh, in remarkable ways to your soul and is something that guides you through your life. So, Mother being. You know, a a poor Claire sister uh, of perpetual adoration, you know, the the whole reality of the Eucharistic presence of our Lord, all of us gazing on the Lord's glory, right, Uh, exposed to us in the most blessed sacrament was certainly uh, the the backbone of her spiritual life. And uh, she used to spend hours in front of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what gave her the capacity, I think, to do all that she did. But uh, there's all kinds of other facts about Mother and beautiful pictures, as I mentioned to you, uh, at EWTN.com slash Mother Angelica. So get on out there and notice it. 833-288-EWTN. That's eight three three two eight eight is the number that Sarah used to call us today. She is a first-time caller calling from New Orleans, Louisiana. And I'm ringing my bell for you. You, Sarah good morning to you good
2: morning thank you for taking my call
1: you're so welcome thanks for calling in
2: so um, my husband and I were both baptized Catholic and we attended Catholic schools through high school I was confirmed in high school my husband was not in okay. college I fell away I fell away from the faith and became an atheist um, my husband was an atheist and we started dating. We got married seven years later. At the time, my husband offered to get married in the Catholic Church um, for me, but I was not a believer, and I knew he wasn't a believer. So we got married outside the church. Um, Two years later, we had our first child, and I immediately returned to the faith. Um, We baptized our child. We've had two children since then who have also been baptized. Our oldest started Catholic school, a kindergarten Catholic school, and we plan on sending the rest of our children to Catholic school. Um, I am all in as a Catholic. I take our children to church. I want to raise them in a faith. Um, I go to confession. My husband is not a believer. I pray for him every day, pray for his conversion. Um, I don't know what I should be doing um because our marriage isn't a sacramental marriage. I don't know what our, what our options are. My husband has said that he's willing to get married in the church, um, for me, but I know that he's not a believer, so I don't know, and I don't want, I'm not going to ask him to lie, (laughs) so I'm not, I don't know, um, if a priest would be willing to give us a blessing or if there is a way to obtain a sacramental marriage. But that's why I'm calling today. That's my question. What can I do and what should I be doing?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, praise be to God that you have come back to the church, and praise be to God that you desire to live a holy life, a sacramental life. And obviously, this is an impediment to uh, achieving all that you desire to do, uh, and it would be difficult for you to uh, to live as brother and sister, I'm sure, uh, you know, which would be the only other solution to this situation uh, without uh, having the marriage, uh, uh, you know, sacramentalized as you say. So I would go, obviously the kids are in Catholic school there. You belong to a parish. I, I would go and talk to the parish priest. I am not aware of anything that says that both individuals have to be believers. Um, I think that a dispensation might be necessary from the bishop. I'm not quite sure. Uh, But I do think that if your husband is willing to be married in the church, um, that that would be the perfect solution uh, to your situation and would fulfill a deep desire of your heart. Then you could return to the sacraments, uh, you know, and and receive the body blood soul and divinity uh of you know of our lord jesus christ when you attend mass uh in in the situations you're in now uh unless you are living as brother and sister and there are no conjugal relations or anything of that nature you know that's really something that that is not open to you so um, I would suggest that you talk with your priest. I am sure that he will counsel you through this, and I uh, uh, am sure that it would be uh, just a, a, a tremendous joy uh, to the heart of God to, to see this marriage um, come to the fullness that God would have it be, because right now it's just really a civil contract. So now your husband, you said that you were, you were raised Catholic. Did you say that your husband was also Catholic?
2: He was. Was he raised
1: Catholic? He was. Okay. And he's fallen away. So, um, you know, I I would talk to the priest. I think that's the very best thing to do. I I don't think that, uh, you know, I think that there is a path back. I think that there's a way. And I I just so admire and encourage you in your desire to discover what that way is.
2: Well, thank you very much. Thank you for... um for listening to my story and for giving me that advice. And it's been on my heart for some time, um, to try to find a way forward. And yes. I just appreciate, I appreciate yeah. hearing
1: that. Well, and I'm sure that there is a way forward, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't close that, that door to the possibility and he's helping. And you just, you know, you, we really just don't know how God works through these things. Um, you know, there's that scripture passage, and I, I, I'll try to find it maybe on the next break so that I can give it to you uh, over the air uh, and you'll be able to jot it down when I say it. Uh, and it, it, it's a scripture passage that says that um, the, the believer should stay married to the unbeliever because through the believer, the unbeliever will come. And I think there's many people that have seen that happen. Uh, that happened in my own uh, marriage to my late husband. Uh, you know, we were not practicing our faith either, but we did get married in the church. I came back to the church, similar story, uh, you know, after the birth of my first child, we did have her baptized and we had the, the, our, our two subsequent children baptized as well. Um, but I didn't return to the church right away. Uh, and my husband was resistant and uh you know, he was just simply not practicing. I don't know that he would have called himself an atheist. I think that he would have called himself certainly an agnostic. Uh, but he uh, he eventually returned to the church. And I think it was through the witness, you know, my steadfast witness to the faith and uh, the, the, the graces that, that were available to us as a result of that. Um, and that's not an unusual story. Um, and it wasn't that, you know, I was living a, an outrageously exemplary life, but uh, I think it's it's a sign of God's charity and God's mercy. I was striving, I can tell you that much. But uh, all of that being said, um, I I think that there might be a an outcome here that you can't even begin to imagine right now. But I would move forward and check it all out.
2: Well, thank you very much. And I will.
1: Okay, dear. Thank you. And God bless you. And thank you for your call. Let us know how it goes for you, too. I will. I will. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye, you, Sarah. You. <laughs> You're quite welcome. Bye bye. A three three two eight eight EWTN. That's a three three two eight eight three nine eight six. That is the way that you can join us live here on Women of Grace Live, where we do love having that holy conversation with you. Eager to hear from you today. I, you know, sometimes we look at the situations in our lives and and we think that uh, you know there is no hope. Uh, but the fact of the matter is there is. All kinds of hope. Our God is a God who instills that hope in us at the moment of our baptism, that theological virtue of hope. And you know, I've got that little acronym that I like so well that we've put it on a plaque uh, that you can get actually at our website, womenofgrace.com in our store, that little acronym for hope. It's nice to have these little holy reminders up as Mother Angelica says. So in the moment that we're feeling hopeless or we're despairing or in the moment where we just don't think things are going to work out. We can look at such things and draw inspiration from them. The H in the word hope hold on to the truths of the faith. Hold on to the truths of the faith. The O own the challenge, right? Doesn't say things are ever going to be easy. As a uh, matter of fact, you know, uh, there is, uh, you know, all kinds of quotes from the saints that tell us that. You just have to hold on, you know, and know that you, there's going to be a challenge, but you've just got to hold on and and work your way through it. Uh, our God is such a good, good God. He sees that. And, you know, St. Catherine of Siena said, nothing great is ever achieved without enduring much. Nothing great is ever achieved without enduring much. So own that challenge. That's the O in the word hope. P, persevere. Persevere in prayer persevere in patience persevere in prayer persevere in patience Uh, here's another quote from another great saint saint jane uh francis de chantal says hold your eyes on god and leave the doing to him that is all the doing you have to worry about (laughs) i really like that hold your eyes on God and leave the doing to him. That is all the doing you have to worry about. I think a lot of us <laughs> could, could really <laughs> find a lot of, of comfort in that particular quote from St. Jane Francis uh, de, uh, Jane Frances de Chantal. And So we persevere, right? How do we hold our eyes on God? We persevere in prayer, and we're also what? We're also patient very, very patient. That's the hard part, but oh boy, oh boy, how that gets rewarded when we are patient, Uh, oftentimes patient just with ourselves. And the E, the E in the uh, word hope stands for expect God to intervene, expect God to intervene right? Uh, so when we expect God to intervene, the fact of the matter is we begin to see him intervening. We begin to see the work that he's doing in the midst of the situation that we might just think is hopeless. 833-288-EWTN. That's eight three three two eight eight three nine. 288 Eight, six, Eager to hear from you today. We're going to go to Annie. Annie is also a first-time caller, Dandy Peaches, and she is with us via EWTN.com. And I'm ringing my bell for you, Annie, to welcome you for your debut. How are you today? Oh my gosh.
3: I'm drowning in a turmoil.
1: <laughs> I okay. do a
3: show every time, but I really need an SOS. What's going on? I'm going to make it brief. Oh, my God. So we have two boys, grown-ups, one daughter, who has decided to live a same-sex attraction lifestyle. Mm. We've been suffering this cross for many years, but now she got married. She wants us to uh, acknowledge the marriage, call the woman wife. And now they just did send us a letter with the news that they did uh, what they call a reciprocal in vitro fertilization. So they are mad because we haven't said congratulations for being a grandma. How do I deal with this? With these convictions? They were, were brought up Catholic. We've been religious instruction for many years. What do we do? I don't know.
1: Oh, Annie. What a very, very difficult situation you find yourself in and how heartbreaking it is. Um, And we live in a day and a time and a culture that gives approbation to these kinds of relationships that applauds them. Uh, But they are disordered and you know that and that's why your heart is breaking because you don't want this for your daughter. You want so much more for her. Um, You know, the, the interesting thing about this is that Um, obviously, uh, you as mom uh, need to keep the lines of communication open with her. Uh, I wouldn't shut her out of your life, but I would make it very clear that you don't approve of her living situation and you don't approve of the action that was taken to conceive this child. Um, Obviously, God loves this child and you will love this child. None of this is the fault of the child. But this is not the way in which God desires that children are conceived, and it is not into that kind of a relationship that God desires children be raised. A child needs both mother and father. I would do your best to keep the lines of communication open and at the same time let her know that you um, do not approve of this living relationship. This uh, situation. It isn't a marriage. That is one of the lies of the culture. A marriage is, is a union between one man and one woman for life, sanctified in the presence of God and His church. So this is a sham. Um, it appears to be a marriage because civilly, again, we go back to that quote from G.K. Chesterton, right? Uh, to have a right to do a thing is not at all the same as to be right in doing it. This is a prime example of that. If you want to hold on, more to come on the other side of the break for you, Eight three three two eight eight ewtn Give us a call.
0: Join in on the conversation. The Women of Grace phone lines are open. 1-833-288-EWTN 1-833-288-3986
1: Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Women of Grace Life. I am Janet Williams, very happy to be with you today, encouraging you to give me a call here, 833-288-EWTN. That's the toll-free number for you right here in North America. We take your calls if you're outside of North America, too. That number is country code 1-205-271. 2985. We welcome you to use that number. I also welcome you to use the chat feature at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. It's there for you to put your question, comment, insight, inspiration, or word of encouragement in, and we will retrieve it. Michael McCall doing the retrieving, Matthew Gubensky answering those phones, and Rich Jesse producing the program today. We went to the break there. We were talking to Annie, uh, a very difficult situation. Um, her daughter has married, uh, and I use that word in air quotes, uh, because we know that we cannot marry somebody of the same sex. It's a total impossibility to do. However, uh, there has been room made for that kind of a situation uh, in our civil law. Uh, obviously, it's not a marriage in the eyes of God. Uh, and we ought not to really recognize it as a marriage, because then all we do is contribute to the problem. Uh, but she's very concerned about this. And these two women um, who have joined themselves in that civil contract uh, have uh, both uh, received a reciprocal in vitro fertilization, in fertilization to conceive a child. And Annie's heart is broken about all this, and we well understand it. So, when we went to the break there, Annie, I was sharing with you uh, that, you know, to keep the lines of communication open is an important thing. Uh, and to, uh, uh, however, at the same time, make it very clear. Uh, that the union that she is engaged in here is not something that you approve of. And that's a fine line to walk, uh, and I can understand that. Uh, as I shared with you about about this child, uh, uh, you know, God loves this child. Uh, and when a child is conceived in in vitro fertilization or by in vitro fertilization, uh, we, we know that this is, Also, something that is out of the order in which God intends for things to happen. But that being said, God loves that child. God respects that child. That child is nonetheless made in his image and likeness. So in no way do we want that to impact this child. Uh, But I understand the difficult situation that you're in. And um, I I would hope that you would be able to uh, walk this walk with a spiritual companion or a spiritual director that can guide you through the ups and the downs of it. Uh, But by the same token, I don't want you to lose heart. Uh, because the fact of the matter is God does work all things to the good. And because the situation exists as it exists right now, it doesn't mean that it will always remain that way. I know numbers of individuals who have been in that lifestyle and have come out of that lifestyle. I know that in many cases, this is not a true affliction of the soul, uh, you know, which, which uh, true uh, kind of of, of uh, attraction to someone of the same sex in a sexual way is truly an affliction of the soul. Uh, in many cases today, that is really not the case. It's been a culturally induced kind of a situation because the culture promotes uh, these kinds of, of um, uh, aberrant unions. And so uh, I, I wouldn't lose heart. Uh, you know, oftentimes people do come out of this uh, but, and and your prayer for both of these women can assist them in that. Uh, and, you know, don't give up praying and don't lose heart. Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to be an easy road for you to walk as the mother of this, uh, of this woman. But by the same token, all things are possible um, uh, with God, you know, all things are possible with God. Uh, Pope Francis talks about, Um, you know, the the great virtue of accompaniment. Accompaniment doesn't mean that we accompany them in the sin. It means that we accompany them to life in Christ. Um, And St. Thomas Aquinas, I'm big on quotes today, has has another beautiful quote. He says, to convert somebody, go and take them by the hand and guide them. You will guide them. Uh, So uh, your prayer will be, uh, you know, very efficacious. So don't give up hope. Uh, but do talk with a priest, do talk with someone who can walk the journey with you, um, in addition to your husband, who is equally heartbroken. I hope that that helps you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. It's not easy. Um, it really isn't. It, it, and there's another beautiful quote that that, that I will uh, share with you that I think is just a, a remarkable quote. It's another one by G.K. Chesterton. And he's talking about, uh, you know, standing in opposition to what we see is wrong in the culture. And he says, each generation is converted by the saint who contradicts it most. Each generation is converted by the saint who contradicts it most. There's much to contradict in this generation. And it might be the very path that God uses to lead us to sanctity, um, to be the ones who speak the truth. Uh, in an era and a day when people are filled with delusion. Well, let's just say a little prayer together for your daughter and for um, the other woman. Father God, we come before you in this moment and you see your daughter, Annie, and you see her heart and you see how broken it is over the actions and the lifestyle that her daughter has adopted. But Father, we know that you are perpetual mercy. You are perpetual love. You are all kindness. And so it is that we find our consolation in you. Father God, we come before you in this moment and we lift up Annie's daughter and we lift up the other woman. Father God, we lift them up to you and we ask that through your mercy and kindness that their hearts and their minds would be illuminated, that they would see clearly. We ask, Father God, that through that illumination, they would have the courage to break off the disorder of this relationship. We ask, Father God, that you would lead them by the hand out of the misery of this condition into the fullness of joy and hope that you have for each one of us. And I pray that as Annie assists her daughter through her prayer, as she assists her through her holy witness as she chooses the words to say and is able to hold her tongue when words ought not to be said I ask Father that all of that would be efficacious and working to the good for her daughter's soul and for the soul of this other woman give her the patience that she needs the perseverance that she needs fill her heart with your love for this child. And Father God, we just ask now that you would show her moment by moment and step by step what she should do as she seeks to be your instrument in this very painful and difficult moment. And so it is, Father, that we offer this prayer to you in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the merits of his cross, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and with a maternal beatitude and intercession of our blessed lady amen well annie you can be assured that i'll be praying for you today i'll be tucking you into my rosary and your daughter and this other woman as well and your husband okay
4: thank you so much god
1: bless you god bless you too bye-bye now oh my goodness we live in very strange and contentious times friends but you know what and the fact of the matter is the truth is the truth is the truth, and the truth is immutable, and it, which means it never changes. Uh, so that is our surety, isn't it? The truth is our surety, and that's what we hold on to in all of the difficult, trying moments that we encounter uh, in this day and time. Let's go to Joan. Joan is also a first-time caller. <phone rings> I am ringing my bell for Joan. She's in San Antonio, Texas, listening to us via Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi, Joan. How are you?
4: Hi, Jeanette. I'm doing fine. Thank you. And good morning to you. And
1: uh, thank you for taking my call. Well, it's a delight. I'm glad you joined us.
4: Well, I do listen to uh, Guadalupe Radio every day, all the time, and pretty much all day long. Um The only reason I called was to give a testimony because you had a caller, I think, before the last caller who called and said how they were raised Catholic, both husband and wife, then they went away from the church, both became unbelievers, and they got married, and she had a first child uh, in two years, and she subsequently had a couple of more children. She went back to the church, baptized all the children in the Catholic Church, and the children go to Catholic school. I also got married. In a, I got married in a Catholic church because I, I, I am a cradle Catholic, and I married my husband, who was from Charleston, South Carolina, um, and um, he was raised Catholic. He also went to a Catholic school. But because the way the nuns operated... The system then, uh, they were very strict as well as they spoke against human sexuality at those days, he went against—he went away from the Catholic Church. So he was agnostic, so we still got married in the Church because you don't really need to, uh, to be—because even a non-Christian, non-Catholic— a non-Christian can get married in the Catholic Church as long as you have one partner who is a full believer and has all the sacraments. And that's what happened to us. We got married. He had all the sacraments, no doubt. And uh, we had our first... I was pregnant with my first child a couple of years, I think. My daughter had a um, tumor um, in her back area of her body, which was outside her body more than inside. And My husband, on the day of her surgery, she was operated immediately uh, the very next morning. And um, he promised God that he would return back to the church if he saved his daughter. And he did. And and my daughter was, uh, it's fine. She's married and I have a grandchild from her uh, who's five years old today. Basically, I was trying to uh, give my testimony to the fact that God has a way to bring. people back to the church. Yes, it may have used—he may have used my daughter, but my husband passed away 13 years ago in 2010, March 18, 2010. He, was, he has been laid to rest in a Catholic cemetery, at Resurrection Cemetery, and uh, he was a full-blown Catholic and went to church and received communion and all of those things. But he was a good man after all. So, um, and he, I ca- I come from a full Catholic background. And um, the thing is, I do have quite a few members on my side of the family, my nieces, nephews. I have my own brother who has uh, left the Catholic Church and is a, a pastor at a Christian, I forget what it is. Uh, Episcopal? Episcopal? Yes. Church? Not Episcopal. No, no, it's not Episcopal. I'm sorry. That's
1: okay. Um,
4: yeah. Uh, but he is a pastor. I mean, he works a regular job, and he also preaches uh, te- and teaches over there. And my own two children didn't get mad. My oldest daughter got mad in the church, but the other two did not. Mm-hmm. And I have a daughter who lives with her husband who has a—not husband, I'm sorry, a boyfriend, baby's father— she wants to get married, but he's kind of holding out. And, um, of course, when they do get married, they probably won't get married in the church. My, my grandson is baptized in the church, but uh, I don't know what will happen. There. I need prayers for her. My son and daughter-in-law, both Catholic but all sacraments, did not get married in the church. Mm-hmm. They're looking to have a baby now, but I pray for them to make their marriage um um, and get married again in the Catholic Church with just the sacrament given. My brother got them married because he has a pastoral ability mm-hmm. to do so. Anyway, we, all, all good and said, I was just wanting to let give my testimony about my own. So thank you, and you... thank you for listening.
1: Well, you're so welcome, and thank you for calling in and giving your testimony. Uh, And, you know, I would say something to you about your testimony. It's it's a beautiful testimony, Uh, and the very fact that you saw the way in which your husband uh, returned to the faith, that God uses all things to call his children back, Uh, even tumors. He uses all things to call his children back. So, you know, I would suggest to you, you don't despair about the, uh, you know, kinds of uh, relationships that your children are in at this point in time, the evil one would have you despair. But do not despair, uh, because just as God worked in the heart of your husband, he can also work in the heart of each one of them. And I know you're praying for that, and your husband, who has gone on to his eternal reward at this point in time, uh, having received all of the sacraments and being in close fellowship with God, um, if he is not in heaven already, he's making his way there. And he can intercede for the children, too. So I would, you know, ask him for his prayerful intercession. You know, the, 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 the holy souls, uh, obviously in heaven, can intercede for us. But the holy souls who uh, are being perfected in purgatory can also pray for us and do. Uh, so I would encourage him to pray for, for your children. And the two of you, as, as mother and father, <laughs> you will always be their mother and always be their father. Uh, you know, you have that capacity uh, to, to really affect great things in their life through your own personal witness and example, as I was sharing, uh, with Annie, uh, but also, uh, you know, through the, the, the beautiful, beautiful, uh, gift of, of who you are to them. And, you know, I thank you because I think that your words are encouraging. Uh, they're encouraging for Sarah and for anyone else that is in a similar situation today. So we never give up friends, you know, as I say, the evil one wants to tempt us, and he wants to tempt us to give up because then he knows that he can win that little battle but uh, when we don't give up we stand in in that in that in that victory of Jesus Christ, and that battle can't eventually be won for the Lord. So thank you for your testimony today, Joan. I really do appreciate it. Uh, and I know that many people uh, are are nodding their heads out there saying, yeah, my situation was similar. Or others are saying, oh, thank God she gave me that hope today because it's going to be very important in my own life. Thank you very much for your call. And friends, we invite you to call us. We've got some time left here in the program, so we can take your call, 833 833- 288. EWTN is the way that you can join us here live on Women of Grace Live. And I'm thinking, Rich, I know that you've got a call there from uh, that was left by a listener on our comment line that pertains to marriage as well. So why not let's uh, pull that up and, and let's um, uh, address that on the air today. 833-288-EWTN is the way that you can join us. And uh, we're going to take that call uh, as it comes up here. But, uh, you know, I remind you, it, it it is, it is good for us to remember that God is in charge of all things. I read that beautiful quote to you by St. Uh, Jane Frances de Chantal. Hold your eyes on God and leave the doing to him. That is all the doing you have to worry about. So she's encouraging us to leave everything in the hands of God, but to pray, to continue to pray. uh, And that's what we want to do. Uh, We never, ever want to let the evil one stop us from praying for that which we need to pray for. And when we do that, beautiful things happen. Uh, We're encouraged through our prayer and uh, we encourage others through it as well. St. Teresa of Avila said, it isn't good to let our thoughts disturb us or worry us at all. It isn't good to do that. No. Uh, And what do we do? Hold our eyes on God and leave the doing to him. So do we have that collar up there for us here? Ah, I'm not hearing it. I don't know. (laughs) Okay.
2: There it Maria from Missouri calling about uh, marriage. My husband and I previously divorced from prior marriages, neither in the Catholic Church, but both of us are cradle Catholics. We were not married in the Catholic Church, but we do want to be. How do we proceed to now be married in the Catholic Church? So to clarify, our first marriages were not in the Catholic Church, and our current marriage with each other has not been in the Catholic Church, but we would like to be married in the Catholic Church. Thank you
1: for leaving uh, this question for us on our listener comment line. And I just want to let you all know that that comment line is available for you too. Uh, it is the same as the number that you use to call in to the shows live. and uh, it, it happens that after 4 o'clock p.m., that number can be used for you to leave a question on the comment line. So that number is 833-288-3922. Eight six eight three three two So to answer your question, uh, what a beautiful, beautiful desire this is, that you want to sacramentalize your marriage. You, you want to get married in the church. You want to make the civil contract uh, what God would have it be, a, a sacrament uh, from which you can draw those beautiful matrimonial graces to enrich your marriage and to hold you together through the difficult moments. That being said, your situation is not a difficult one to resolve. What you need to do is to talk with a priest. Go to a local parish in your area. Perhaps you're already attending a local parish. Go talk with him. The fact that you were married before and those marriages were not in the church, the church doesn't recognize those marriages, okay? Uh, And of course, the church doesn't recognize the marriage that you're in now because you're not married in the church, obviously. But that being said, those marriages that you were in before uh, will easily be rectified by the church uh, and and you should should be able to obtain a decree of nullity based upon the fact that canonical form was not followed, that being a sacramental marriage. So that is easily resolved. Uh, Also, this situation that you're in right now, You know, can be made right through the sacrament of matrimony, and the church will be happy to assist you in that endeavor. So I certainly do hope that you will, um, you know, get right on that, (laughs) so to speak, right? Because you can get this resolved. I do believe, unless there's something here that I don't know, uh, you should be able to get that resolved very, very easily without much fuss. Uh, You'll have to do some documentation, uh, such as the uh, the the divorce, uh, the, the, um, marriage certificates and the divorce decrees. Uh, but, uh, that can be easily, easily resolved. So I encourage you to step forward and to do that quickly. Uh, Christine in Chicago says, Johnette, when, uh, I, I do verbal prayer, when I do, ver- when I, she's saying when she praise verbal prayer. I feel like I have an accent during that time. Might I be imagining this? If it really does happen, is it a problem? If it is a problem, what do I do? Well, Christine, you know, this is an unusual thing. I have heard of people praying and praying in tongues. You know, that's, that's not that unusual, but you know, an accent during that time, you know, like, you know, you're from the North and suddenly you have a Southern accent. That is very peculiar Um, you know, I, I, I just, first of all, I, I would, I would control that you, you have capacity to control that I would control it and I would just let it go. And I would let the whole experience of it go, not the prayer, but the experience of that oddity, um, because that is going to serve as a source of. Uh, distraction to you in your time of prayer, and in that form of distraction in that time of prayer, uh, you are concentrating more on that than you are opening yourself to the Lord. So it could be just a, you know, a, a little movement of the devil there uh, to try to take you out of your time of prayer. So I would just stop, um, and uh, you know, if you if you can pray the prayer interiorly instead of verbal prayer, that's what I would do. Hope that helps you. Friends, it's been great being with you today. We're going to be back with you again tomorrow. It's Wednesday, wacky Wednesday. Sue will be with us. Looking forward to having you with us as well. In the meantime, hope to see you tonight at our online webinar with Father Chris Alar, all about the divine mercy image. You can register at womenofgrace.com. God bless you now. Bye-bye.